You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. Today on Carly's Couch, we're talking about the need for human touch and how it helps with connectedness and building relationships. Hello, 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 everybody. Happy Monday or whatever day it is that you're listening to us. Happy Monday. Thanks for listening. Um, we hope you all are doing well. Let us know how you're feeling. How you doing? Man, and also, if y'all been watching the videos, I ain't seen no comments about this sexy hair, this sexy makeup wow. that's been next to me. <laughs> y'all slacking, bro. Uh, actually, I kind of low-key being a bum because I literally every time we record it, it has not been done. I was, I'm mad because before we record... The next time I'm going to um, get it done, like with a, like a little pixie, like an actual like heat cut. Um, Cause I, so if you haven't watched any videos, I cut my hair pretty short and um, dyed it blonde. And I just been like doing like little wet, like lay down and little waves and stuff like that. Um, but I'm going to try to do a cut, but I just know like I'm too active that I can only hold that for like Friday or whenever I get it done Saturday through till I go to the gym. So it's whatever. Yo, but shout out to you for being in the gym. Mm. That's a win. Not shout out for me getting bigger (laughs) the more I go. But um, also we'll figure that out too. Yeah. Body recomposition is a whole thing. um, And just working on that. And yeah, that could be a whole other episode. Um, But today we are going to talk about touch. And the first thing I always think about for some reason with that is Omarion's. And it makes me chuckle inside. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like we we have ideas for episodes and like I have a like note in my phone where I'll just put stuff in there was this idea about touch and how important it is. Um, and then I just happened to see this TikTok about this woman talking about touch starvation and how she's like been feeling deprived about touch. And so I was like, you know, what better way to address it than kind of to start to explore the actual importance of it in our life, and our relationships? Yeah, I saw a video on um, Twitter a while back to wonder if it was the same one, like. It was like a lady kind of like in the camera and talking about um, how especially since the pandemic um, has affected folks that she just she l- realized like she literally had not been touched by anybody like for years or something, I think, or a long time. Um, so I don't know if that was the same one, but yeah. um, I think that is an interesting concept to think about and why it's so important. And maybe for some people, it's maybe something to take for granted um, and for others, something to think about now and like oh, where do I get touch in my life to maybe just like pay more attention to that? Um, do you feel that you have ever experienced touch starvation? Um, I wouldn't say starvation, but I definitely like was lacking touch in my life. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it to an extreme like that. But um, I had this time when I lived in Dallas um, when I like was, I chose not to deal with nobody and was like, you know, really just focusing on myself, had had a bad breakup, you know, whatever. And so like, I wasn't like being touched at all. And I noticed that I was missing it like that. I, Cause I'm a very cuddly person. Touch is a love language of mine that I, it's not the, the most, but it's up there. And so I was like, man, what does it look like to get touch in different ways? And so I, I have like missed it before. Um, and we can talk about, I guess, later ways that like I actually went and tried to find that. Um, and, and healthy things, but I've definitely noticed when I've had a lack of it. So during that time, like how much time was that? Just so we can think about like, at what point maybe you, you recognize, um, I mean, it was like a year and a half that I was intentionally like not dating anybody, not talking to Mm. nobody, not nothing. Like Mm. I was just, you know, and I would hang out with friends and stuff and hug them. But like, you know, it's, it's, 
it wasn't, it felt different. Like I was still like in a, in a deficit, like in my head. Um, now I have like a cuddle meter, um, and all this stuff. And that hoe was like mad low. And I'm a mm. big like person who loves that and like loves to love on people like that. And so I noticed, but it was like a year and a half. Okay. Yeah, I definitely, I wouldn't consider being like touch starvation, especially if you're, you have friends who are giving you hugs mm-hmm. and things like that too, though. Um, and maybe for sure there's a difference in, um, being touched uh, by like a partner or intimately and other people, your friends or family perhaps. But, um, for me, when I think of touch starvation, I'm really thinking about, um, people who like, there's nobody who is touching them. Like maybe if you were, um, living in a city where, you know, you didn't have friends yet, or, you know, your family's not there. I can imagine that, um, somebody could go for weeks and it's like they literally have not been touched by anybody um but in my life like I I don't think I've ever experienced touch starvation I can't even really fathom that or understand I mean I can I can understand I can empathize with it um but I don't think I've ever experienced it and I would say a big part of that is because of my family um even when I left to go to college I still saw my people um every so often when I went to across the state lines to go to grad school. I still saw my people so often when I moved to LA, I still saw my people so often. Um, so even if there was a period where it was not friends who were touching me, which I'm not even a touchy person with friends anyway. Um, or if I wasn't necessarily dating, which, um, I have not always been like a super cuddly person either. So that wasn't a huge thing. Um, anytime I see my family, like I definitely am, uh, hugged and touched and loved on. And, um, and now my with most of my friends now it's it's definitely like a lot of touch and hugs and all of that too so um I don't I don't think I would I would I can think of a time that I'd gone like months where somebody did not touch me another instance that I think of is like as people get older and they're in like nursing homes Mm -hmm. and stuff like that um and yeah, like people living by themselves. I was trying to think of other cases where, you know, it might be more prevalent um, to see people um, starve. I know, or starved from touch and love. I know COVID and um, isolation and stuff probably had a lot more people, you know, experiencing that maybe in a way that they never mm-hmm. had before. Because at least at work, you know, you see friends, but you might not touch them, you might shake hands or do stuff. But like, I can imagine like there was an uptick in people experiencing that during the past couple of years. Yeah, because you're more isolated in general, for sure. And I think to also not even see or be in people's presence, I'm sure, you know, exacerbates um, that idea as well that, man, nobody's close to me, nobody is touching me. Um, But I'm interested in, um, for those listening, like if you ever, just from what we said this far, if you ever thought about or actually felt and identified like, oh, I have not been touched in a while, because I also think that that might not be something that people would necessarily identify first. Um, maybe first you're thinking like I'm lonely or, um, you know, I don't have any friends or, you know, nobody around me or I don't feel loved right now, things like that. Um, but if it is touch, then I think that, I don't know if that makes it even more solvable per se. Um, but I know that there's a lot of like even self-soothing things and, you know, things that maybe you could start to do um, that we'll of course get into that could help. Absolutely. Um, And even if you're not a touchy person, like there's so much scientific data around how important touch is and all of the things it can do for your health. Um, And I would say, too, like if you consider yourself um, uh, like I'm not a touchy person, that actually is probably um, a result of some other things as well. I don't think that that's necessarily like 
oh, some people just naturally don't want to be touched by humans because that's kind of anti like what we were created for. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to explore, of course, too. That's another topic. But I think when people aren't touchy, it's usually because of uh, experiences or uh, mindset and how things have developed as they grew up. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, my grandma was like not a touchy person, bro. She'd be like, "Can you please stop hugging me? Like, stop mm-hmm. touching me? Like all that." And I do or just want, need space. Yeah, and- like I I do wonder like what that is. Um, but even like from birth, if we think about it, like infants literally cannot survive without human touch. Like skin to skin contact is so important for the first few hours, mm-hmm. and that's shown to help their development of their immune systems, um, how to regulate their temperatures, their heart rate, breathing, and helps them decrease crying. Like people talk about babies being spoiled, wanting to be held, but it's really important for them to experience that touch because they've literally like been in a womb for the past nine to 10 months, you know, being Mm -hmm. surrounded by things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in studies of orphans and um, children who have not experienced um, kind of like the go-to family life, um, it shows that uh, touch deprivation can also affect like your um, levels of cortisol and and essentially your happiness and being able to kind of navigate the world. They navigate the world a little bit differently as a as opposed to others who may have been like Carly saying the children who have been held and and uh, cared for and touched for their childhoods. So even scientific studies show that there definitely is a difference in uh, human beings who have experienced touch and then human beings who have um, have a huge lack or like a a much different level of touch in their life. And I was actually surprised at how big of a correlation there was between anxiety, depression, and stress um, in relation to touch. So like the less touch you get, the higher, um, the higher likelihood of increasing those things in your life. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I, I could see how that could probably make sense. Um, And then, um, when you think about the types of touch that are calming growing up, um, or, or if you've experienced this, you could talk about what it could look like for you. But I think that uh, touch a lot of times growing up can be a soothing thing that comes from your family. And so imagine like if you have a bad day or you got a bad grade on a test or um, I don't know, you didn't get the home run in soccer, soccer, Jesus Christ, in, in um, <laughs> baseball. <laughs> and I saw like three different things in my head when I was saying it. Um, sports ball. Um, then like it's, you know, you get that it's okay or like pat mm-hmm. on the back. Or I think that even outside of just the like actual touch itself, which is what we're talking about is like literally helpful for your body. It's all of that like body language and communication and and action that shows you know that it's okay as opposed to just words so I think all together I think that that's all very important for um just making somebody feel safe and feel okay and like soothed um and so I can imagine that if you have not experienced or are not experienced those like soothing touches from time to time again you may not even know like that's what you're missing um but Perhaps there are studies too, and I don't know, maybe this is in here, but that like when when you are being touched in certain ways, it is a calming thing. It can bring your um, anxiety levels down. It can show your body that, you know, you're not in fight or flight and all of that stuff. Um, so all of that is connected. Absolutely. And um, there was a lot of studies around that from hugs, which like when you're hugging, it's like a three to five second hug increases your oxytocin level, like which is your happy mm. hor- happiness hormone so much. It can lower your cortisol, help um, decrease a rapid heartbeat, just a three to mm-hmm. five second hug. And 
Oh my gosh, it does. He I'm does. sorry to you No, you're good. But like, man, if I'm having a bad day, dog, just just a quick hug and just helps me regulate my nervous system so much. It is mind blowing to me, and I can just tell the difference mm-hmm. if I'm like da da da, like kind of all over the place. And but I didn't do this, and I need to uh, a hug, and then I'm like chilling. Yeah, I um, what is this? This is uh, other day, like three days ago. So I was feeling really down. Like I, I just um, like my hormones kind of all over the place lately, and I was just like really feeling like depressed and not being able to enjoy stuff. Um, and I was talking about that, and then I was given a hug, but it, it was like it's like okay, cool. But like the longer I was like being held, I really felt like it, in my mind it almost is like to not just do like a quick hug, like a hey, and stop to like to have be held for a long time almost kind of like melt away like um kind of your guard and that my and my brain went to a place of like oh man like I can actually it's okay for me to feel blah 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 or um I don't know almost kind of like made me not face it um but like have to think about it a little bit more um and it really did like it felt like it kind of boosted me but that's not even something I would have necessarily like asked for or thought I needed um I just like appreciated it in the moment um but it definitely can be helpful um and and even to yourself if you're probably also a lot of people do that already without thinking about it where like you rub your legs or rub your mm-hmm. your own arms mm-hmm. and or hold yourself and um like at the end of I don't, girl, I don't know what they be doing something in yoga or something where it's like they um they'll be like hold yourself or like at the end of Pilates they'll do that too um where you kind of hold yourself as you're like kind of cooling down and all of that um and I think that all of that is similar to where it's like giving yourself permission or or maybe this person other person giving you permission to like you can like let go for a second and like breathe and we got you and and all of that so definitely like hugs can be really really good and really important there's a reason why there's um that what is that cuddle uh, company where yep. like they can you send can people, people over cuddle you. yeah you could pay people and they come and cuddle with you or hug you or whatever which um I mean that's weird I wouldn't do that but like you know you can do that with your friends yeah and I've gotten to the point where I actually ask like yo can I have a, like if I know I'm like whatever I'll definitely ask for a hug and then just kind of slows my breathing like my visualization is like it just melts like that was such a good word it just melts from the top of my head all the way down to my toes mm-hmm. all of the things um and oxytocin also increases emotional bonding so anytime you're doing it with yourself or someone else like that's a great way to bond with people too um and if you sync your breathing with them that's another level which we can talk about that but um I also saw a study, so if hugging feels like a lot for you, even high fives, like, actually helps kids learn things better and feel more included. Um, And so I work with people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And so touch is important, but you want to respect people's space and do it in a, like, not an honorable way because, you know, I'm an 18th century gentleman, but, like, in a way that is safe and feels people, like, you know, lets them feel safe, but also include it, right? And so I've started incorporating high fives. Like, I'll give every single person a high five after something. And there's just something about that bonding. Like, even if it's something, I know Mel Robbins did a lot of research about the high five and, like, high-fiving yourself and and how that helps um, on an emotional level, um, like, bond things into your body. And so, Touch is important, like, no matter which way you're including it. So if a hug feels like too much, maybe high fives or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So we talked a little bit about the importance of touch um, from high fives to hugs to cuddling. There are cuddle services if you need that. I don't know. I think they're in major cities, but maybe other ones too. But um, 
touch deprivation technically is let's see when you don't when you're not being touched so we talked about the benefits of it which Mm -hmm. i would say kind of like is across um your development your life but when you're not being touched at all um you know you might be more have more anxiety um you might have more kind of anger or like um what's a better word like aggression maybe where you know just like kind of pent up or maybe need something to release um and also your immune system suffers for that but i i also don't want to necessarily say like oh if you have anxiety it's probably because you're touched deprived because i think there's just so many different things that go into all of that right um but if you are already dealing with anxiety or um you know just kind of in a state where you might be dysregulated etc i think that's something to consider not that you're touch deprived, but maybe considering finding ways to receive touch as part of like your process or part of your toolkit, um, something to explore, maybe like go out of the way to, to hug people a little bit more or um, to figure out ways or identify, well, how much am I being touched? How much am I connecting with people? Which is essentially, you know, what this is boiling down to. Um, and, and thinking about how you may have, uh, like Carly said earlier, you may have a meter where it's like, oh, maybe I should try that a little bit more to see um, if that's helpful. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important also to think about um, your meter and like what you need, but also like if you do have an aversion to touch, like we talked about, it probably comes from somewhere and not saying go out and like disrespect your boundaries around touch, but start to think about some safe ways that you can bring it into your life. Um, I'm a trauma sensitive yoga teacher and we always ask before we touch people cause you literally never know how sensitive people's bodies are to that. Like, um, one of my best friends does not like to be touched trauma life, whatever. And, um, a teacher actually, touched her hips during a yoga class and it like made her break down because she just wasn't expecting it. She was in the safe, vulnerable space and all that. And so, um, what are some, like, what about those people who like don't like touch or, you know, have trauma around it? Like what are some ways that they can think about, you know, healthy touch in their lives? Mm, I would say you can start with, they could start with themselves and just paying attention to how they, um, feel they need themselves. Like we said earlier, um, with the way they hold themselves or touch themselves or whatever. Um, but also I would just say for people who don't like touch, cause I don't really, I don't really like touch that much. Um, unless I'm like my, I want it. I'm like, I don't, I just don't like people who are like, Oh my God, I'm a huggy person. I'm like, that's cool. But I don't, I don't really want to hug you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say maybe just explore and think about who those people are that are like your close friends or family that you do feel comfortable with. And just being sure that when you do see them, that um, you make sure that you do hug them or that um, you are close to them. I think that's a great one. Um, some other ways that are just you and maybe not including other people like weighted blankets um, have been found to calm the nervous system in the same manner as touch, maybe not to the same degree, but um, reaping some of the same benefits. Like I know a lot of friends who have weighted blankets for anxiety and that, that they found that really helpful for them. Mm -hmm. I got a weighted blanket, um, but just to kind of see like, how does it really feel? Like, does it really feel like soothing to you? Um, And for me, it's kind of, just now something I just pull out when it's like, I'm just extra cold. Um, but I don't know. I think, I don't know. I didn't, I don't think I really felt like any huge difference, but it's funny too, because I know other people who are like, they don't like the way to blanket because they don't like feeling like, like bound down. Like mm. they don't, they don't like feeling, they want to feel free and move around and stuff. 
Um, so that's something to definitely try um, and see how you like it. Another thing that you can do is um, get a pet or if you have a pet, um, you'll probably already notice like that playing with, with the pet or um, handling the pet is like, of course, it like uh, immediately um, makes your um, levels go up of, I don't know what thing exactly, serotonin or cortisol or whatever, but there's studies even just like looking in your pet's eyes and like the way they just like look at you, it, it already like boosts you. Um, and that's even one of the things like when I'm dog sitting, um, Kyle's dog, my friend, like I, I'll sometimes I'll hit them up and be like, hey, can I um, have Marvel for a couple of days? Just if I know I'm even just feeling down because I know it's a super cuddly dog. They're like, all she wants to do is just sit in your lap and be beside you and follow you everywhere you go and pick me up, pick me up, pick me up. Um, but in those times, like it's really nice because that's what I'll I'll want. And I like I'll wake up and like she already cuddled up on me or, you know, all through the day having a little doggy cuddled up on you. That's quiet also. So it's like, you know, it, it just it does boost your mood. So for sure, take advantage of your pets or um, if you don't have one, see if you can dog sit somebody's um, pet or I would say cat sit, but I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, thinking about that as well, that, that's a really good way to um, get touch. And I don't know if it's the same as like solving touch deprivation from humans, but definitely helpful. Man, when I lived in Dallas, I didn't have any friends with dogs because I was kind of new to the area. But I would go volunteer at the shelter. Um, they had this shelter that was like half kill, half non kill because they could only afford that. And a lot of times the big dogs are the ones that people didn't want. So I would just go play with dogs like on days, you know, like I would volunteer a couple times a week or a month or whatever, you know, I had the capacity for. But there are a lot of scientific benefits of just being around them. So if you can't borrow someone's dog, whatever, like, you know, there's always other ways to go do that um, if you don't have the capacity or time for animals. Um, another thing that is very effective and has a lot of benefit is massage therapy. So if you are okay with people touching you, um, that is huge. And when I was not touch deprived, but when I was kind of lacking touch in Dallas, like when I lived there, that's what I did. I would go get massages. I would go get my hair done. I would go get my nails and toes done because it's like a way to get touch without like having like an investment of an extra person. Or if you don't have friends around, it's like services and things where you can still, still feel human touch, but it doesn't necessarily have to feel intimate or anything like that. So I would just go get a lot of services done pretty often. Yeah. And I know I'm not touch deprived because I don't, think even think about that aspect of those things at all like getting your hair washed and done and um nails and all that stuff I actually like I I actually kind of get over it when they're like messing with my hands and stuff too much I just I don't even like it as much but um I think um also along with massage that self-massage is very very important as well because that's something that I've talked about before and something that I'll do every once in a while I think I, I'll automatically start doing it and then I recognize like oh, I must just need to like have um not me time per se, but like, um, sometimes like when I am putting on my, um, like butter or, um, um, lotion or like a product or whatever, like I'll take extra time and like really like, like massage my feet with it, like massage my legs, like really like take the extra time that we've talked about, like washing your face and like really taking extra time and being intentional with it. Um, and in the times where I notice, like, I'm, like, doing a little bit more, I just really, like, just try to be in the moment of enjoying that. Um, but I think that's almost a little bit more of, like, just taking care of yourself, too. Like, making sure your needs are taken care of and um, putting love into the things you do for yourself as opposed to, like, 
you know, having to be like somebody else giving you a massage or going somewhere, right? Like we can, we can provide for ourselves and in a lot of these cases, and that is still helpful. Yeah, and self-massage um, and gua sha, like using a gua sha tool or even my hands for a face massage feels so nice and so is so therapeutic. So I love that you brought in the aspect of just being more intentional and loving in your own movements towards yourself, like when you're washing your own hair, whenever you, you know, doing whatever for yourself, just spend a little bit of extra time. And hit us this week and let us know, you know, your thoughts on touch. Have you ever been touch deprived? What are some things you do, to, you know, to love on yourself in those ways? Yeah, and also um, before we end it too, I want to bring up that um, when you're with other people, whether uh, even if you don't necessarily like know them, know them, but like let's say if like if you're at a lunch or um, at a conference, people around you, whatever, like um, you know, pay attention to like how people are moving and touch because everybody doesn't like to be touched. But for sure, when you're talking to people and like um, if you put a hand on their shoulder or um, do one of those numbers of like a, not a handshake, but like, you know, you can grab somebody's hand in yours, like while you're talking with them, not things like, like caressing their arm and stuff. I'm not necessarily saying do that. Although if it's your friend or something, you can um, recognize those things, recognize that people do it to you because um, a lot of times those are signals as well. And I think it's so funny because I I was listening to an interview um, the other day and the guy was talking about like, this was his field or something, but he was like, it's so funny because I was, having coffee with this woman and she kept touching me and kept touching me and every time she said something like you know she would touch me and he's like and I recognize it and yet it was still working and by working we mean like it still made him feel like connected in the conversation and and felt closer and noticed like leaning in and and so it is a touch is a tool that really can connect you in those moments of like speaking with somebody or dealing with somebody or whatever. So just maybe kind of, again, based on whatever relationships you have, but um, that's something to maybe practice. Think about and recognize when you're being touched and how that makes you feel. And then try to, to start doing that with certain people, like how you touch them and recognizing like how much do they lean in a little more or does it seem like they pay more attention or does it make you feel a little more connected because even when you know what what's going on, it does still work and serve that purpose. Yeah, the work works. Um, so try that uh, this week to be a little bit more aware of your situations and what's going on. Um, and then ending with our question of the week, Alexia, mm-hmm. if you could live in a different country for a month, pick today, like just whichever one's on your mind today, because it could change. Which one would you pick? Oh, I would. Um, you said just for oh for a month. I would move to Mexico. Um, we t- had that episode with Amber, and since then I've, I've been thinking about, like, what place could I go for about a month or two? Um, and I think Mexico makes the most sense just because there's so many nice, um, like, rural-type areas. Not saying, like, talking about Cancun or even Mexico City or anything like that, but there's so many um, cities to where you're still in the same time zone, you're still close enough to, like, you can pop to all your friends' weddings or family things or whatever in the U.S. Um, you can get work done and everything the same. I think you're just spending a little bit less. So for me, I, that's what I would do is, um, and, and kind of in my brain, fake planning to do is like spend time in Mexico for a month or so as opposed to um, going to like Europe or somewhere else. Oh, that's a great point because it'll still be on the same time zone. And if you haven't listened to our episode with Amber, um, it's with Amber C. Edwards, and she um, helps people move overseas, specializes specifically with black women, but all people. Um, So hit her up and listen to that episode if you're thinking about trying to move abroad. I actually just had a homegirl um, 
she started doing universal schooling for her daughter and started moving abroad and was talking to Amber about it. And so mm-hmm. another person transitioned. Um, and then I had a friend move to Mexico uh, during the pandemic and her and her girl live down there and they are loving their life. So Mexico is great. Um, in my head, I said Italy, even though I've never been. But um, I had a friend recently get back and tell me like how amazing it was. Not like mm-hmm. the big cities, but like the smaller rural like type ones. And they're like, man, I could just see you there. And I'm like, well, I got to visit first, but I'm down to go stay for a month. Yeah, definitely. Um, hop on Skyscanner. I was looking the other day and saw a ticket to Vietnam for like 250 And I was like, man, let me not wild out. Um, but right now, like prices for Europe specifically are um, like – at, from here through the summer they're going up mm-hmm. and then they go back down so i'm thinking about maybe a move for like the fall time um to go do a little something yeah well, let me know i'll be there to come visit mm-hmm. um y'all let us know if you could live in a different country for a month which one would you pick and perhaps why let me add some more countries to my list and we'll see y'all next week bye